This is Three Women and a Bottle of Wine. Three friends. Three former TV reporters. And one bottle of wine. Delving into whatever interests us. News, not news. What affects our lives? Because it's probably affecting yours too. Mm. I'm Kim Inslee. I'm Lynn Melling. And I'm Julie Barkey. And now on with the pod. Welcome everyone to the rooftop lounge of the beautiful Hewing Hotel in the North Loop neighborhood of Minneapolis. We're very excited to be here. If you haven't been to the Hewing, or if you have been here, but you haven't taken in the view from the roof, it is a must-see. Uh-huh. And it it's gorgeous. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, right now it's a, it's an overcast evening so far, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't matter because it's just gorgeous. You can mm-hmm. see all of downtown Minneapolis. We have a little bit of an audience at the bar that's looking annoyed at us because we killed the music <laughs> in here, but that's okay. Thanks for hanging I'm in there so with us. I'm so glad I put lipstick on today. <laughs> have you guys ever been here before? I have not, but it is so cool I didn't there's a hot tub we are looking at a hot tub right out the window on the roof with steam coming off the top of of it and Mm -hmm. a guy in a beanie yes (laughs) yeah so it's a three-year-old hotel with a lot of history and it's a landmark building it began as a farm implement warehouse and showroom which you can kind of get a feel of and a sense of when you walk in the door it's fantastic if yeah. you go into the basement, and Rosie, correct me if I'm wrong, we're mm-hmm. going to introduce, introduce Rosie in a minute, mm-hmm. but you can actually see the places where the trains would come in and unload correct. Like, big farm implements. Exactly, yeah. The doorways, you can kind of see how wide they are and how big they are, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to know how the hotel got its name, Hewing, have you ever heard of uh, Hewing a log? I'm from Stillwater, so we oh, were brought up with this course. lingo. <laughs> All right, well, why don't you explain it then, Julie? <laughs> oh, way to put the pressure on. Hewing is when and they strip off the bark to be able to send it to get processed. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. Or something mm-hmm. to that line. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So that's the name. And something that is new here, which is really cool, and the reason why we're talking to Rosie, um, something on the new side is that we're you're starting to see at bars, this is a trend you're starting to see at bars everywhere, and that's non-alcoholic drinks. And we're not just talking about soft drinks, Diet Coke, kombucha. We're talking about handcrafted, fancy beautiful beverages for grown-ups. Super fancy. Yeah. So did you got you heard about dry January mm-hmm. back in mm-hmm. back in January. <laughs> so it was on December 31st I'm watching a news story and I saw it I thought I should do that and I did it and it was fine. It was just fine. Actually kind of changed my habits a little bit. Good that's for you. Really, yeah, that's fantastic, Kim, as we're drinking a glass of wine right now. <laughs> we are drinking wine, yes. It is March. You're good. <laughs> and it's not even a one-off. Now, more people want a night out with friends that doesn't necessarily involve drinking, or maybe it's just a drink with alcohol, maybe one or two without. And the Hewing recently unveiled a menu of non-alcoholic drinks. And here to tell us more about it is Rosie Moore. She is the outlets manager for the Hewing, meaning she manages all of the food and beverage outlets for the hotel, including Tulabi Restaurant and Bar and the Rooftop Lounge. Rosie, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here, and you brought all kinds of drinks that we're going to talk about, but I see Julie leaning in, and she's like ready to pass. <laughs> yeah, she's ready. Well, I'm just fascinated by this whole idea, too, of why did you add the non-alcoholic drinks, mm-hmm. but do you want to describe what we have here yeah, first? Yeah, absolutely. So we can go ahead and start with Posh Spice. I think you guys like that one, that name. So mm, Posh Spice yes. is going to be this first one here. Um, so I credit all the names to my lead bartender, Nate Besky. I'm really, really bad at names, but he is phenomenal with the names. So with Posh Spice, it was kind of definitely with the winter kind of vibe. You can kind of see the ingredients oh, are... Oh, that's great. Oh, agave, man, that's good. Yeah, agave, cinnamon, nutmeg. Like, we just wanted something more wintry to kind of give that feel of, like, comfort yeah, and Yeah, cozy. Exactly. Yeah. I can honestly say I would drink this in the summer, too, mm-hmm. though. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
So now that it's not as wintry, people definitely like, you know, mm, add maybe some tequila to it. But for dry January, it's definitely a big fan It's favorite. super, super good. Mm -hmm. So the next, yeah, what's the next one we, we've, so the we've got? So the pink one here, here, this one is my favorite. So this one's called Fuzzy Feels. And this one for um, the people who can't see us right now, mm -hmm. it's kind of a pinkish cranberry. Correct. Oh, oh, wow, that's spring. good. Yes, yes, yes. So in this Fuzzy Feels, we use plum. That's delicious. Um, a Saigon cinnamon tea. Uh, currants, lime, and then a little seltzer on top to give it that bubbly. Mm. I'm taking mm -hmm. pictures Delicious. of it with Rosie in the background, <laughs> so we'll put that on the website. Mm -hmm. um, and then the final one. The final one is actually called Doctor's Orders. Um, this cocktail, mocktail, I'm sorry, stem back from, so Hewing oh. Hotel does Wellness Sundays, so you guys should definitely check out the calendar for what that is. Um, but basically just a wellness day, just to come in, do some yoga, some sauna, just feel good about yourself. So with this one, we use turmeric ginger, uh, lemon, seltzer, you know, doctor's orders, right? Is anybody in the bar having one of these? Really? Oh, yay! Yes. Are you They're so good. Are you having one because you're not pregnant? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Because Lynn and I were talking off camera, oh. or off microphone, excuse me, about how we wished something like this would have been mm -hmm. popular and available when we were pregnant. Yeah, it drove me nuts going to a, you know, you wanted I to have a nice dinner, and yeah. you were looking at the menu, and your options were an Arnie, Arnie Palmer or a lemonade. lemonade or, exactly. Mm -hmm. Girls' exactly. night out, and you weren't part of it. So, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. this started. And mm -hmm. you were designated driver. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did these drinks kind of like how I did dry January, right? Exactly. It was just a spur of the moment it thing. It was a spur of the moment. It happened back in December. We were prepping up for our New Year's Eve party and just kind of, you know, going back and forth with guests and also the staff as well. Like, what's your New Year's resolution? And we're like, you know, I'm just not going to drink next year. I'm going to try to start off the year with, you know, fresh body, fresh whatever. And we're like, dry January. Um, it also is a trend in North Loop, too. Uh, Marble Bar down the street mm -hmm. did a huge dry January thing. And, you know, just kind of the stigma of, like, going out is when I go out, I want to have drinks. I want to do this. I want to do that, right? Mm -hmm. But not everyone wants to go out and drink. And you may be pregnant. You may be whatever doing dry January so just having an option for them as well to go out and feel comfortable with their friends as well yeah and, and also for people in recovery it can eliminate some of that awkwardness that might exist for mm -hmm. some people especially if they're new to the recovery Absolutely. journey mm -hmm. yeah I think there's been a couple times where we've actually had guests come up to the servers and say hey can you guys like make me something that may look like I have has alcohol because I haven't told my friends or my family I'm pregnant yet or something oh, like sure. that Aww. so to make them feel comfortable like that so we yeah. have options as well and it's I seem to be noticing a trend too among younger millennials where mm -hmm. they just don't want to drink. I, I work with a lot of young people right. and I'm just, and maybe I'm just making this up or maybe it's the people that I'm working with, but mm -hmm. I just notice it's more in vogue to not drink alcohol right, now right. for the health mm -hmm. reasons or the calories or whatever. Exactly. They don't like calories is a huge thing. I just sure. need to point out you are a young person. I just <laughs> want to say that. Right. The other thing too, so it, this is a business, right? You're running mm -hmm. a business, you have to sell drinks and, mm -hmm. um, I don't, the price points of these are probably similar to a regular cocktail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So from a business case, did you have to make the business case, look, we're going to do these things and hope they sell. And if they don't sell, they might disappear. Mm -hmm. What has been the reaction? The reaction has been actually very well. Um, it, it was... It wasn't that we saw a big demand in asking like, hey, do you guys have anything non-alcoholic? It was really just a risk that we took. We're like, you know what? We have a huge range of clientele, obviously being a hotel, right? So many transient guests coming in. And like I said, most people don't drink. And so just giving them that extra option and extra amenity was something that we were just like, we should open the doors to this type of business. And when we did, 
we've do, we've done very well with it. So. And how's been the just the word of mouth? Have you had a lot of people coming in saying, "Hey, we hear you have some fantastic mocktails." Not yet, not yet. They will after they hear so. this. Yes, podcast. I'm hoping so. I always, like I said, I always joke that you know when you go in a restaurant, you get an appetizer to sell. I'm hoping people come in and see the dry bar and get maybe like a mocktail to try because you also can get the mocktail and add a spirit to it if you'd mm-hmm. like. Like, oh, I love the fuzzy feels. It's actually really good with vodka too. So if you want to get that, that's an I, option. I think probably <laughs> all of these things are pretty good <laughs> either way. Um, have I mean, was this something that personally you ever thought, maybe I just want to, you know, go out and not drink or I maybe not drink for a month or two or just... Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Even with even my friend group and even the bar team here, you know, um, especially with the bar program that we have, you know, we taste a lot of our cocktails to make sure that it's up to standard. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We get off early and you're like, do I really want a gin and tonic? No, I kind of want something else, but I don't want to get a soda off the gun. You know, I want something different. Kombucha has been a big thing, but mm-hmm. I, we haven't actually played in that field yet, but definitely interested too. So do you see then this becoming a growing, like a growing menu and something Absolutely. that's permanent? It's not just a dry January thing. It's a year round. Yes, 100%. Um, right now we're actually like in the process of switching our menus over to kind of more spring forward things. And I know Nate, my lead bartender, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, whatever syrups and things that we use, like we definitely are going to incorporate in our dry bar to change it seasonally as well. Seasonally as well so I think too, when you're out, maybe you want a glass of wine and then maybe you you're still thirsty mm-hmm. you still want mm-hmm. some, so you mix and match it doesn't all have to be one or the other exactly and the spa out there ladies looks really good <laughs> and I'm thinking that yeah. maybe you probably don't want to drink too much when you're in the spa. no especially when you're going back and forth with the sauna yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is your well. favorite of all these fuzzy feels fuzzy feels. which one is your guys's favorite all of them I have to pick one though. I'm a fuzzy feels. Yeah, right. fuzzy I feels. Been able to put it's, it down. it's really good. Kim, I feel like you'd like fuzzy feels because you said you like that citrusy, fruity drink, right? I'm I'm a fruity gal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even cold. They're it's almost great. like it's a Cosmo without vodka, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. We're gonna take a little break, mm-hmm. and when we come back, we have more. We do. We're gonna dive a bit more into this whole idea of sober curious. That's the actual phrase. I just learned it recently and it's absolutely fantastic. We're going to talk a little bit about that movement, the social pressures that might exist around drinking, including how do you know when you might have a problem? So stick with us. We'll be right back. Three Women and a Bottle of Wine is supported by 515 Productions. 515 Productions is a video production business with base camps in Minneapolis and Des Moines, Iowa. Ian and his crew understand the art of creative storytelling, and they know how to make video look fantastic. Learn more at 515productions.com. Our logo was created by Aaliyah DeSaltz, a creativity guru offering art workshops to everyone from business executives to book clubs because we all have untapped creative potential just waiting to be unleashed. You can find her contact information on our website. You can stay up to date on our podcast by checking out our website, threewomenandabottleofwine.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you'll find behind-the-scenes photos and, of course, much, much more. Be sure you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Um, We are on the rooftop lounge still in the bar. We got lots of people in the bar. Hello, everybody. (laughs) How many of you have ever heard the term sober curious? 
couple. Couple right few hands. hands. Right? Few hands. Mm-hmm. They're the shy ones. They're not <laughs> wooing. All right. It's a term that um, people are using to explain a trend of not drinking for either a set period of time, see how it affects you. Maybe you get some more energy, clarity, less calories. That was... That's motivation for me. All right. <laughs> Results depend on the person, but one thing is for certain, Julie. Cool craft mocktails are making it easier for many to refrain from alcohol. Dr. Kari Globin studies closely data on alcohol use in the state of Minnesota, and she's here now to dive in a little bit deeper on this issue. Dr. Globin, thanks so much for coming today. Thank you for having me. You know, I want to start with you. Just to get your impression on this growing trend, this emerging trend of making non-alcoholic drinks exceedingly cool. And they are cool. They're very tasty. (laughs) I'm glad Um, you're imbibing. (laughs) Kari's having one of her own right now. (laughs) Yes, yes, I am. Um, You know, I think it's good because I think anytime we can try to change the cultural norms around alcohol and just make it okay to not drink, I think that's a good thing. Um, But also, as I was driving here, I was just thinking that I also just don't want to, you know, there are people who have a true substance use disorder, and so I don't want to kind of, Minimize? Yeah, minimize what they go through because for some people, um, they're sober and if they have one drink, it might put them into a, um, you know, just a tailspin into further alcoholism. So I think it's a really good thing, but we also have to honor that some people are really struggling Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. Well, and for many of us, alcohol is a part of social occasions. It's really hard to get around that, you know, after work functions. Um, So do you feel that there will be consequences or do you think that people who are sober like there's going to be consequences if they go out to dinner with the boss and they and they don't have a drink i think so i mean i think you know it is it is just so much a part of our culture and everywhere we go there is alcohol involved you go to a baseball game you drink beer you go and you know if you're not drinking people do kind of like well what's wrong with you why aren't you drinking they're not the fun one yeah Yeah, (laughs) exactly and i think so if you're you know your example of being out with your boss that maybe you're not part of the team you're not being a team player and it just kind of makes you different, which is... Well, I feel, too, like um, I've been in situations where you go out to dinner with a group of people and everybody's ordering wine, and the person who doesn't want drink, to drink alcohol gets stuck with a soda or something they didn't really want, but they need That's want true. something more than water. So I feel like as a society, we, <laughs> we haven't done a very good job of being inclusive of everybody. Yeah. And why wouldn't you want to have something fun and tasty sure. to right. drink and pretty what is the risk for somebody if you are in recovery and you are in a social situation that has to be eight million times harder than not going out at all yeah i think so i mean i i know i um, have family members who are going through recovery and i think it is really hard when <clears throat> it's enough when they're at the, in their home and they can control the situation but when they're out with friends or family and other people are drinking and they're just drinking a coke or whatever you know and so i mean given that this is a relatively new trend do you see the fact that it's an emergency trend per emerging trend excuse me that this might offer some relief for people who feel that pressure and like how would you quantify it or how would you describe what this movement is for social drinkers and for people in recovery well you know i think for those of us who drink socially and maybe Maybe you drink more than you wish you would, or, you know, it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have had that last night, or all the calories that I'm drinking. (laughs) I think trying to be sober for a month or two and just seeing how you feel and how it does make you feel is a good thing, and just being mindful of what you're taking into your body, you know? And then it also gives other, like you're saying, other um, options for people who are trying not to drink for 
medical reasons. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that? So I did. So I did dry January, mm -hmm. um, and you know I I do love to have a glass of wine, and I was having a glass of wine every night, and I thought maybe I don't need to do that. It was. Uh, it would be nice to avoid the calories. It was, is this going to affect my sleep in a mm -hmm. positive way if I don't have that glass of wine? And I found I did sleep better. Who knows what happened to the calories? But <laughs> I, I woke up, I felt that I was sharper, and I started, you know, I realized it was just a habit to have that yeah. there. So I developed a, uh, you know, sparkling water habit instead. Uh -huh. um, and so what does alcohol, even if you are just a casual drinker, and you just have that glass of wine. What is alcohol doing to your body? Well, you know, after I took this job, I've been learning a lot. And so one thing that really blew me away is that even with very moderate drinking, it is associated with cancer. So things like breast cancer and really anything that the alcohol touches, you know, your esophagus, your mouth, your um, stomach, colon, and all of those things, cancer related to those, um, it is associated with alcohol use. And even at relatively small levels. And I was reading online today that, you know, it wasn't very long ago that doctors actually prescribed a nightcap to get people to <laughs> sleep more deeply, and now we're finding that's right. not true? Right. It might help you actually fall asleep, but what they find is that you don't sleep as deeply, and you're less likely to get into the REM cycle of sleep, and that so you wake up more frequently at night. So you probably do sleep better without a glass of wine every night. So there really are some great benefits here. Absolutely, yeah. Sure. Well, and we've heard that we more statistics here. Minnesota was recently ranked third in the nation for binge drinking, which is really disturbing. Um, can you just talk about what is binge drinking and is it really a problem? Can you elaborate a little bit more on this statistic and what it means for the people in our state? Yeah, so, you know, Minnesota has such great health in so many ways, and then binge drinking, we also score very highly at... I'm blaming um, winter. Just yeah. totally <laughs> going to put it there. Um, and so, Binge drinking is defined as so four or more drinks on an occasion, about two hours mm -hmm. for women, or five or more drinks for men in the same amount of time. Um, and really, that's the amount of alcohol that, for most people, takes to get them up to 0.08. So, um, but it's really a continuum. You know, you start seeing the effects of alcohol even after just one drink, and then it continues to go up. Um, and so, um, binge drinking is associated with a lot of, you know, drinking and driving, but also um, injury or violence. Um, and there's cost studies of what is the cost of excessive alcohol use. And binge drinking is associated with more than two-thirds of the cost. So it's not just the people who are drinking one to two drinks a day, but it's the binge drinkers who are getting drunk that are, you know, leading to a lot of social and medical problems. And I imagine a lot of people are out there thinking, huh, well, that's me sometimes. So when do you know that you or somebody you love might have a problem? You know, that's a good question. I was, I think... If you have to ask yourself that, <laughs> maybe think about it some more and just think um, and talk to your doctor about it and talk about how much you are drinking and maybe track what you're drinking just to see for yourself how much you are drinking. Um, but really, alcohol use disorder is it's an uncontrolled drinking. You're not able to stop mm. when you want to stop. And then if you're not drinking, you might have some sort of mental or physical a um, reaction, to, reaction that. Yeah, to not drinking. So I think the first thing is just talk to your doctor about it and see what they say and then you know they can link you up with there's medicines that you can help you slow down or they can hook you up with programs too or the dry bar at the hewing which has fabulous <laughs> Absolutely. Drinks. let me um let me ask you this um in terms of studies and you may or may not have an opinion on this 
But you always hear the, well, doctor, or, you know, study really saying that one glass of wine a day is, is good for you. And then another study comes out, it's terrible for you. I mean, <laughs> what, are we, what are we to think of this? Yeah. And the, you know, the French miracle or the French, mm-hmm. whatever that French was called. French diet, yeah. yeah. Um, I think a lot of the problems with some of the research is that they don't take into account, so people who drink less might also, um, maybe they don't smoke, maybe they eat more healthily, maybe they exercise more often, and so a lot of these behaviors kind of cluster together, so if you drink, you might smoke, and you know, and then you're less likely to work out, um, and so some of those heart conditions, I think that can be some of muddies the water of what is the impact of alcohol. And then I think what the most recent research I've seen is that it may, alcohol may, low levels of alcohol may have some positive impact on part of cardiovascular health, but it's also associated with hypertension. You're more likely to have a heart attack. And so, you know. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? (laughs) Moderation, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So, Kari, if somebody does think they might have a problem, besides going to their medical practitioner, you know, is there some place they can go, maybe just to Google it, some place that yeah. they can start the research process? So I think CDC has a really good uh, website. on. That's the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Thank you, yes. So cdc.gov slash alcohol has some really good information. And then also if you think you or somebody else might need treatment, um, in Minnesota you can look at fasttrackermn.org. It's all one word together, and they have all sorts of information about where you can get and they can take it, you know, go out for with, for an evening with their friends and try the mocktails and exactly. see if they're happy. <laughs> Just a little unsolicited advice. <laughs> yeah, we should I'm, have a new I'm name other thinking. than mocktail. So, I, I love the I love the dry bar. Dry bar, yeah, a, that's a nice a nice fun thing. Agreed. And I, posh spice. I'm just gonna drink <laughs> my mock my dry bar cocktail. <laughs> well, Doctor Kari Gloppen, thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. Always like to have some extra knowledge when we get mm-hmm, done with these things. And thank you to the Hewing for hosting us for this segment. We appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you next time.